This is Deray Olalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode one, Trey Seven. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye what is going on btm tribe welcome to a new week and a brand new installment of the before the millions podcast and on today's episode guys uh we are discussing uh the transition the transition from employee to entrepreneur but guys we're adding a bit of a twist on it It's not only the transition from the typical W-2 working employee to entrepreneur, but I know you guys are familiar with pro athletes going broke time and time again, right? I mean, if you look at the stats, 60% of NBA players go broke within five years of departing the league. 78% of former NFL players going broke, experiencing financial distress just two years after retirement. I'm no genius, but there's evidently something that these players are missing and it's been happening for decades. So again, guys, this this episode is going to be helpful for any employee transitioning to entrepreneur and the dichotomy of that transition. Things that you need to be aware of around this time of the year is when I like to turn it up a notch. And I think that's a distinguishment from the successful entrepreneurs and the unsuccessful entrepreneurs. Because around this time of the year, this is the holiday season. People want to relax. People want to go on vacation. People want to drink hot cocoa near the fireplace, hang out with family. And all this stuff is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. I encourage it. But one thing I do know is that the people out there that are grinding, they're prospecting, they're looking for new leads. During this holiday season, they are going to close your potential deals. They're going to Find your potential leads, your potential customers and buyers and prospects because you're in front of the fireplace and they're hard at work. So oftentimes there are people who have the mentality, hey, the fourth quarter is when I need to make sure I solidify my numbers. I hit my goals. So I'm going to go extra hard. And then there are those of us who let the foot off the gas, who say it's the holiday season, who say it's, it's what everybody's doing. Why can't I relax during this period? Now, maybe there's a way to strike a balance. Now, me, myself, I'm trying to find a way to manage a little bit of both. So if that means over the past few days, since it's been the Thanksgiving holiday, that I work half the day and then the other half, I go and treat myself to a massage, which I've gotten a few of over the past few days. I'll go to a painting class just to take my mind off of the business. 
or hang out on Thanksgiving afternoon with a bunch of friends and family and play cards or even go wine tasting. I've been able to still work 10, 11, 12, 13 hour days and find little increments where I can I can get away. I can have fun. I can enjoy the holiday. But better believe I am still going hard because, again, while your competitors are sleeping or they're taking their foot off of the gas, you're fueling your flames. You're setting yourself up for the best 2020 that you could possibly have. Now, if you're in that transition from employee to entrepreneur, it's kind of like that hazy spot, right? Because most of your coworkers are going to be taking those breaks, going on those vacations, and you're going to want to have it be the natural progression for you. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I could be building that business. I could be building that lifestyle business that's going to allow me to have this type of lifestyle during this holiday break that everybody has. I could have that year round. So I have to delay gratification. I have to make sacrifices. And you're battling that right now. You're trying to figure out the balance there, right? Because now you have all these off days. What do you do with them? So I get it. I get it. I've been there. And again, the distinguishment between the successful entrepreneurs and the ones that aren't are the ones who are putting in work right now, this holiday season. If it's hard for you to dedicate the time and effort needed to grow your real estate business, if that if that is something that is viscerally hard for you to do, no matter how much you 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 block out time and you say that you're going to do it, but ultimately you just don't ever come around to getting that done, then I believe that that may be a cause of you not really being clear on the future, on this vision that you want, on this lifestyle that you want. Because if you were clear, if you were crystal clear on what it is that you want in the future, it would be much harder to not do the things to get you to that goal. You know how easy it is to say, I want a million dollars or I want a million dollar business, but how much harder it is to execute that? Because what does a million dollars really mean? I mean, it's just a form of exchange at the end of the day. So what does that truly mean? What is that going to do for you? How is that going to help your family? Like having those concrete, cold, hard facts about what exactly that number is going to do for you. Those are the true motivators. Those are the true things that are going to get you knocking on doors this holiday season, making prospective cold calls this holiday season, but not the million dollars. That's not going to do a single thing for you. So again, if you're not really going after your goals the way you should, maybe they're not clearly defined. Because if you needed the million dollars because of the new house, because of your grandparents' medical expenses, because of your kids' tuition, if, if it was tied to a specific thing, the motivation would be that much more. So what are your ultimate lifestyle design goals? DeRay's Tip of the Week. So there are certain books that I reread every single year because every time you read a book, you're in a different place in life. You've had new and different experiences. You're intaking the information just a little bit different. Um, And it's always a situation where you're learning something brand new or you're hearing something or you're reading something that you didn't read the first time around or you didn't understand it the way you understand it now with your new experiences. So I often reread books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, the Four Hour Work Week, which is my favorite book, and a ton of other books to just get me in a new place and to spark new ideas. Now, a few books that I've read over the past year um, that I want to make sure that I reread going into 2020 are the following five. 
Number one is 10X. And actually, 10X has been one of my most common rereads along with the 4-Hour Workweek, and I read it every single year. I probably read it two or three times this year. It's a book that I get for all of my clients, and I recommend to almost everybody I come across. It helps you get focused on what's most important, the one thing that you can do in your business and that you you could overachieve and exceed at to make sure that you hit your goals for next year. The next book on my book list that I'll make sure that I reread before the end of December is The 12-Week Year. Now, The 12-Week Year is the concept of constructing yearly goals in 12-week span or 12-week intervals. This way, ideas, concepts, goals that we have are not too far out to where it's inconceivable. We can't actually figure out what we need to do day one of 365 to get to our goal, uh, to make sure that we're on pace each of the 365 days. But what we can do is we can plan for 12 weeks. We can understand that at the end of 12 weeks, this needs to be done. And these are the steps I need to take over the next few weeks to make sure that this gets accomplished. It's a much smaller time frame for your goal, but it also allows you to have four whole years in an entire year so that you're constantly revamping and revising and making sure that you're doing a whole lot better the next quarter. So I love that book. It's called The 12-Week Year, and it's highly, highly recommended. The third book on my book list that I'm going to be sure to reread is a book that I absolutely love when it comes to mindset. Now, the first book is more about getting you in the mode to grind getting you in a mode to work, to do what it takes to get to your goal. The second book is creating the perfect atmosphere for you to achieve your goal with the 12-week year. And the third book is getting your mindset right going into this next year, making sure that you have the tools to overcome any challenges in your business, overcome any challenges in your personal life, and make sure that you're always moving forward, looking forward at your business and your life in a positive light. And this book is called Super Coach. Now, again, this has been a book that I just read maybe in June or July, and I've already read it about three, four times. I've had a few clients read the book, and they absolutely love it, like absolutely love it. My mastermind members are getting ready to read the book now, so I'll have their feedback soon. But this book has been a complete game changer in my life as far as the way I process thoughts and the way I do business on a day-to-day basis. Again, it's called Super Coach. By the way, guys, this book has nothing to do with coaching. You guys know that I'm a coach and I coach many individuals and you would think, oh, this is a coaching book for DeRay. It's not. It's called Super Coach because it teaches you how to coach yourself, right? How to battle with those inner thoughts that you have and how to have an optimal outlook on what's going on in your life at the current time. Okay, the fourth book that I highly recommend you read going into the new year, just to make sure that you set the tone off right, is a book that's going to get you back into a morning routine. It's December Um, we've fallen off of our morning routine back in what, February, March, April. I know a lot of us are guilty of that. And now around December, we want to get back into the groove of things. We want to solidify a morning routine. Or if you've never had a morning routine, this is your first time and you want to see what it does and how effective it is. I recommend you read a book called the 5am club. Now, in the past, I would have recommended that you read a book called Miracle Morning, but after reading the new 5 a.m. club book this year, I absolutely love this book. And I think it's a profound way to have a great morning to set the tone and the pace for the rest of your day, for the rest of your month, for the rest of your year. Okay, last but not least, this is not actually a book. Um, Although it comes in the form of a book, this is more so a journal, and it's the 90X journal. It's the journal that I've been using all year. It's the journal that I recommend to every single person I come across and I give as a gift to many people, including my family. This journal, uh, again, is a 90-day journal, so it goes perfectly with the 12-week year. 
right? So I have four of these journals a year and it helps me stay on track to hit all of my goals. You can find this journal over at beforethemans.com forward slash nine zero X. And if you want to pick two of those books to listen to on Audible, because I'm a big Audible listener, if you listen to podcasts, you can listen to an audiobook. I'm a big Audible listener and I have an affiliate account with Audible. So if you go through my link, you're able to get two free audiobooks downloaded to your phone and you're able to start listening to those right away. That's over at beforethemillions.com forward slash book. Those are my five books here in December that I am going to make sure that I read before the end of the month. Well, actually four of them will be read. One of them will be more planning. The last one, the uh, the journal, that'll be more planning. Uh, there's a vision board in there. There's a lot of goal setting in there. So it'll really prime me going into January. But the other four I'm going to read this year. And then as soon as January 1st hits, I'm going to crack open day one of my brand new journal. That's the tip of the week for this week. Now let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. In this episode, I have two examples of NFL players who back in the day had very differing goals. And then I also have one example of a conversation that I had with an NFL player last week who's getting ready to plan his lifestyle design based off of the goals that he's creating today. So again, with two NFL players, we're going to look at what the goals that they had in the past and how they've achieved those goals. And then with the last NFL player, we're going to look at the goals that he has today and how he's going to achieve those goals in the future. Very differing goals. But because they knew what their goals were from the onset, they were able to chase those goals as they transitioned from employee to entrepreneur, from the NFL to the real world. The first one, many of you may have heard of him. His name is Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp is the world-renowned MMA fighter. And Bob Sapp qualifies for this discussion because he used to play in the NFL. In fact, he started his career in the NFL. I think it was about three years he was an offensive lineman. Because of injury, he went on to WCW. If you guys remember what WCW is, that was you know where Hulk Hogan and all those guys were wrestling. And then I know you guys remember the WWF because that was the one that I watched when I was a kid growing up. And then they got bought out by the WWE. Which again, Bob Sapp worked as an employee, as a wrestler for all of these companies. And at the end of this time, Bob was getting old. His career was dwindling. Again, from the NFL to the WCW to the WWF to the WWE. And his body is taking beating after beating after beating. And all of a sudden, he ends up working at a morgue. Bob Sapp is now working at a morgue full time. The infamous Bob Sapp is working at a morgue. And one day he gets a call from Japan, K1, a kickboxing organization. And the next thing you know, Bob is on the first flight out and he's headed to Japan. And from this point on, Bob visits 155 countries. Most of us don't even know that 155 countries even exist on this planet. And I even had to look it up. I was like, how did he visit so many? How many countries are there? There's only 195. And he's become a global celebrity. I think he took K1 from 300,000 watchers, viewers, to 300 million. He became the face of wrestling in Japan and became an international celebrity. So you may know Bob Sapp as more of an entertainer these days, but ultimately he's been able to build his lifestyle design after the NFL, partly due to his goals, his vision, what he wanted out of life. Bob Sapp shops at Goodwill believe it or not. Yes, the Bob Sapp. He shops at Goodwill. He shops at pawn stores. He believes that we shouldn't have any type of credit cards, no credit card debt whatsoever, especially 
the athletes that don't know about cash flow, that don't know how to manage money, that don't know how to balance their books. So he operates on a cash basis. His car is paid in cash. His house is paid in cash. He will not buy a house unless he can pay, pay it off in cash. Because he doesn't know where he's going to be next week, next month, next year. And he invests in mutual funds. Bob Sapp, the world-renowned MMA fighter, has been able to create and craft to a T his lifestyle design, something that works for him. He makes a whole lot of money. He operates on a cash basis. He travels the world country after country. He entertains for a living and still does a few fights every now and then. There's another NFL player. His name is Emmett Smith. You may have heard of him as well. He was in the NFL for 15 years. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion and a Hall of Famer. There's no way that you haven't heard of Emmett Smith. And, and, and if you haven't, maybe you've heard of the owner of the team that he played for, Jerry Jones. And the biggest advice that Jerry Jones ever gave him as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys was have a big front door and a small back door. And Emmett Smith lives by that mantra to this day. First off, Emmett Smith owns a grooming company, a men's grooming company. He owns a construction company. He owns a real estate company. The arms of his real estate company, he has a development arm. He has a broker services arm so that not only can he facilitate and provide the properties that are needed in the marketplace, but he could also broker the deals between potential buyers. He has a well-oiled machine and rarely does he participate in any of the day-to-day. So when Emmett started noticing that his career was coming to an end, it came to an end in 2004, by the way, but when he started noticing that his career started coming to an end, it started to crescendo, he started gleaming advice about what was next. Started taking advice from the likes of Roger Starbaugh and Magic Johnson and really started piecing together the type of life that he wanted. He saw himself as a CEO, as a chairman, somebody who ran multiple companies and multiple divisions of multiple companies. And he started building those companies. Again, lifestyle design. What do you want your life to look like? And then you can start filling in what pieces you're going to need to get it there. So as you transition from employee to entrepreneur, what's your vehicle? What are those pieces that you're going to use to get to your lifestyle design? And if you're not clear on that, I have a guide over at BeforeTheMillions.com forward slash guide, a guide and assessment that's going to help you get a whole lot of clarity around that. Last week, I was on the phone with one of my fraternity brothers who played for the 49ers last year. And most people don't know this, but when you're in your first year or your second year, your third year of the NFL, I mean, these years are the most pivotal years. And we're on the phone. We're talking about the ups and downs of the NFL and some of the things that he started to realize about how things really work. He was like, Dore, I scheduled this call with you today because I want to create my plan, my plan for after the NFL, my plan for when all of this goes away. I don't want to end up like most people. What's the best way to go about this process? How long will it take? All these questions that many of us have when we make that transition from our day job to our entrepreneurial path. And at the end of the day, he wants to be a full-time real estate entrepreneur. He wants, to be a, he wants to have a real estate business. He wants to have real estate investments. And he wants that to ultimately fund his lifestyle very similarly to the lifestyle that the NFL has been able to provide for him. And if you guys are not aware, in the NFL, you could be here one day and gone the next. There's no stability. There's no guarantee. An injury can change everything. Misconduct can change everything. It's one of the riskiest riskiest jobs in the world. You're here one day and you're gone the next. They bring you back next year for a day thinking that everything is okay and you're gone the very next day. 
maybe a week later, another team calls you. They bring you out to try out. They bring you out to work out. And you're there for three hours and you're done. You may get on a practice squad. You may have to join a smaller league until maybe you get recognized by another NFL team. You may make as little as $30,000, $50,000 a year. And then you may get a million dollar contract the very next week. How do you live like that? How do you focus on what's important? How do you build a family around that? So my fraternity brother was like, Dre, I need a plan. And whatever plan we come up with today, I'm going to execute that plan. So I asked him the magical question, what do you want? And he told me everything that he wanted. Again, he didn't say, I want a million dollars. He told me specifically the things that he wanted. And then I asked him, well, how do you want real estate to facilitate that? And he said he wanted real estate to completely cover those costs, his living expense, his family, his daughter, everything that everybody wants in his circumference. He wants to be able to provide for them. And he wants to be able to do it with real estate. And then I said, by when? He said he wants to start immediately. He wants to go as quickly as possible. And I was like, well, do you have any time constraints? He was like, yeah, he has a major time constraint. I think he has mini camp or training camp coming up. And then he'll be away for a few months. And then he's like, but after that, I'll have a ton of time to dive into education and studying and networking. So I said, okay, cool. So let's just block out the next five to six months that you can't really do anything. What, what can happen in the meantime? You know, so we set a short-term goal, something that happened almost immediately. Then we set a midterm goal, something that he can start looking into over the next six months. And then his long-term play which is actually building his full-fledged real estate business. So in the short term, he was focused on how can I create steady wealth now while I'm learning, while I'm figuring out my overall strategy, while I'm putting the pieces together? What can I do now? I have this money. I don't want to just sit on it. So we did some numbers. We explored a few options. And ultimately, the best place that we decided that he should put his money in for now is a company called Fundrise, a company that I invest in as well. And if you don't know what Fundrise is, it's a crowdfunding real estate platform that gives the average investor access to institutional quality investments. So you're able to invest in high rises, in large apartment buildings, in development projects, all kinds of things that you wouldn't normally have access to. But through this crowdfunding platform, you can invest with as little as $500. And that $500 would be dispersed in different funds, depending on your preference. When you get on the platform, it's super user intuitive. So my fraternity brother, he took a strong liking to Fundrise. And his main concerns were, if I needed to take my money out quickly, can I? And what are their fees? And their fees are 1%. And that's all you get charged. No hidden fees, nothing else. And I showed him that he can take his money out immediately if he needed to. That day, not even 10 minutes after we got off the call, he was signed up and had already made his first deposit. If you guys are interested in Fundrise and you want 90 days of no advisory fees, which again, is only 1%. But if you want 90 days of no fees, uh, I have an affiliate link over at beforethemillions.com forward slash Fundrise, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E. So that was his short-term goal. That was something he can do immediately, and he did it immediately. And then the next problem he faced was the fact that his career was so unstable. 
He was in one city one day and in a totally different time zone the next day. Again, the life of an NFL player is not always pretty. You may get bounced around to four different teams, four different cities and states, four different housing arrangements. How do you know whether to rent or buy? How do you know how long your lease should be? I mean, how do you know any of these things? Should you always be on a month to month? What if you're on a month to month for 13 years because you have no idea every single month if you're going to be there or not? What is the best way to go about this process when you live such a life? So again, because of his predicament, his lifestyle, his goals, the things that he wanted, we're able to construct a midterm plan. And we decided that the best thing for him to do was to house hack. Because at the end of the day, he lives in Houston. So when it's off season, he visits his family. He goes back to Houston. But at the same time, he's paying rent in every city that he has to go to for every team that he's on, every move he has to make. So he's, he's paying rent twice. And he was like, Dre, this is not feasible. How, what, what can we do to resolve this matter? And what we came up with was that his first investment property was going to be a house hack. A house hack is where he's buying a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. He's living in one unit and he's renting out the other three. So in essence, he's getting paid enough money to cover the mortgage and all his, and all his expenses. So he's living for free. And if he gets a really good deal, he's actually getting paid to live for free. Not only does it cover all of his expenses, but he has a little bit more left over. And this was the first time he had ever really heard about this concept. He was mind blown. And he immediately saw how this would alleviate him from all the stress. This would take all his problems away. Again, guys, when I started house hacking, this is when and how I became location independent because I no longer had to worry about my rent expense where I live or my mortgage expense where I live. It's what started my freedom snowball. And this is the very next thing that he's going to look into. Because no matter what city he is, no matter how long he's there for, he has a home base and it's being taken care of by tenants who are not only paying down the mortgage, so building up equity in his piggy bank while the, while the market also appreciates on the other end, but also they pay him on top of that. So his midterm goal, house hacking. And then his long-term goal, guys, to, to wrap it all up, is to actually build his business, a formidable business. He, just, he doesn't want to just be a passive investor, handing his money off to this person, getting 10 or 15% returns. He wants to make a killing in real estate. He wants it to be what he does. Once he exits his W-2 job, I don't even know if NFL players are considered W-2. They have to be W-2, right? Okay. But anyways, once he exits his job as an employee, he wants to be able to be a full-time real estate entrepreneur, not just an investor, an entrepreneur who has an actual real estate business. And for that method, most likely, we've already talked about the Before the Millions Motivated Seller Method coming out early next year. And that's what I've been working on night and day to make sure that I I can release to you guys one of the best quality real estate courses ever created. So that course is most likely going to be his blueprint to create the lifestyle that he wants for generations to come. And I'm super excited for that. In a 45 minute conversation, he went from knowing not a single thing about real estate. And I will preface this right before the call. I made I made sure that he went through the guide and he took the assessment. So that he had a foundation coming into the call as to what he wanted and how he wanted it. So that was one thing that really helped. Again, that guide is over at beforethemillions.com forward slash guide. But apart from what he learned in that guide, he had no prior knowledge. And now he has a full-fledged plan to take him from the NFL to a real estate entrepreneur.
has he already started executing on that plan because he knows the lifestyle that he wants and he knows how he wants real estate to provide that lifestyle for him. So if there's anything to be learned from these three examples, from the world-renowned MMA fighter Bob Sapp, from the three-time Super Bowl winner Emmett Smith, and from my fraternity brother, is this. These are the ones, as opposed to everybody else. Again, you think about the average employee at your workplace and the ones that are transitioning from employee to entrepreneur, the, the overachievers, the ones that are putting in the time and the effort, the ones that are planning their future. In the NFL, these are the ones that have a life that they feel is worth living after the NFL. Not the other 80%. These are the 20% that don't go broke immediately after the NFL, that remain prosperous, that come even more prosperous, like Emmett Smith, that live their ultimate lifestyle design and travel the world like almost nobody I've ever heard of. 155 countries. That is insane, Bob Sapp. So what is your lifestyle design? And ultimately, how do you want real estate to facilitate that lifestyle? And by when? Once you know those three things, it gets really easy to start pinpointing what real estate strategies suit you. Like the past few episodes, we've talked to a ton of millionaires from, I mean, every episode we talk to a millionaire from somewhere in the world. But the past few episodes, we've talked to a ton of millionaires that have a a bunch of different strategies, right? So in episode 134, we talked to a millionaire who owns a property management company. And we literally have a live call on how you can create your, your property management company from scratch. 133. How you can be an entrepreneur in somebody else's real estate business and prosper and still be an entrepreneur, but within a system because you like like to operate within a system without having to be the system owner. 132, we talk about mortgage notes, how you can create a full-fledged real estate business in the mortgage notes industry. I love that episode, and I'm actually going to look into mortgage notes myself. 131, we talked about the BRRRR strategy, the buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat strategy if you're looking into traditional rentals. 127, we talked about apartment investing. For those of you guys who are looking to be big time syndicators, this episode is for you. I interviewed Michael Becker, one of the biggest syndicators in that, probably the biggest syndicator in Dallas, Texas. Him and Emmett Smith need to hook up for real. 121, we talked about short term rentals. Now, this is a very, very lucrative strategy, but how do you know if this strategy is for you? head over to beforethemains.com forward slash guide. And I'm sure you'll take an assessment and you'll find out. But it's not all about strategies, right? I mean, there are also different components of your real estate business that you need to make sure that you're cognizant of. So some of those more recent episodes, 136, how to select your real estate market. I love that episode. 135, the key to sales, cold calling, the key to branding, other components of your real estate business that a lot of people don't really talk about. 129, how to acquire financing, where to get financing, what financing is, and the different types of financing that are available to you. 117, ooh, this was one of my favorites because it wasn't an interview. It was just me and you. And I was walking you through how to build your business blueprint, where to start, the very first step all the way to the 12th step in your business blueprint to make sure that no matter what business you get into, you're building the foundation the right way. That's episode 117. 113 was about goal setting. And that's super big, right? Because again, just because you like a real estate strategy doesn't mean it's the right strategy for you. I wanted to escape the rat race in two years. And if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have chosen the vehicle that I chose, right? I chose a traditional rental route. I wanted to buy a property with a $25,000 down payment and make $250 a month. With that strategy lined up with my goal to escape the rat race in two years, I would have needed about 
19 more properties within two years. My first two years, I would have needed about 19 more properties. Or if my goal was 10K, I would have needed about 39 more properties in a two-year span to escape the rat race. So obviously my strategy and my goals, they were not in alignment. And if I would have continued down that strategy, I would not be sitting in front of you today. I would not be a full-time entrepreneur. I would not have been a full-time entrepreneur now going into my third year as a full-time entrepreneur. Because I started to recognize that this wasn't the strategy that was going to get me to my goal. So what is your goal? And by when do you want to reach it? And when you know those two things, you'll start to eliminate strategies that you were attracted to just because they made a lot of money. And you'll start looking at strategies that really make sense with your overall goal. So again, guys, I leave you with this. What is that short term immediate goal that you can pursue today that you can get done now that you can cross off the list? Maybe it's something like Fundrise where you invest a good portion of your net worth into a vehicle that you know is slow, steady, and secure. What does that intermediary goal look like? Perhaps it could be a stepping stone, like wholesaling, or a foundation builder, like house hacking. Something that could eliminate a ton of expenses in your life. What would you be able to do with the added income? How would that be able to help your overall long-term plan, your business plan, right? And then what is that business plan? What is your real estate strategy? What is your long-term wealth building strategy? What are you going to use? What vehicle is going to get you to the promised land. Once you have those three questions answered, it's time to start putting these plans in place. It's time to start executing, guys. We're nearing 2020, and this episode is coming out at the perfect time for you to start planning for a prosperous 2020. I believe that it's going to be your most prosperous year yet, as long as you start planning and you start executing the plan. If more NFL players took that advice, we could see that 80% number start dropping drastically down. Luckily, investing is kind of becoming a trend in pop culture and people are becoming hip to it. So I'm excited for what the future holds for them. I'm excited for what the future holds for you. And um, and if you have any feedback, any questions whatsoever as it pertains to this subject matter, uh, feel free to send me an email or you can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is my first and last name, Darrell Lalia. D-A-R-A-Y-O-L-A-L-E-Y-E. And I respond to all messages. And I mean all messages. So hit me up. Let me know if you have any questions. And last but not least, I will see you guys on the next episode. Have a wonderful Christmas break.